Welcome to the Michelob Ultra Golf Show with Jeff Kolpak on 740 The Fan and 107.3 FM. That's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. The Golf Show is presented to you by Michelob Ultra. Also brought to you in part by Fargo Park District Public Golf Courses, Barnesville Grocery, Moorhead Parks, Forest Hills Golf Course, and Wildflower Golf. Here it comes. Oh, my goodness. Oh, wow. In your life have you seen anything like that. Now, let's head to the first tee. This guy's pretty good. And here's your host, Jeff Kolpak. I can't think of anything better on U.S. Open Week than to, for you, the listener, in a tri-state area up into Canada, driving around listening to some golf talk. And that's what you got right here. This is Jeff Kopak. This is the Golf Show on 740 The Fan, 107.3 FM, 740thefan.com is the web address. If you want to, if you miss the show, catch it on the podcast anytime, anywhere. The show, as always, brought to you from Gunderson Jewelers Studio in Fargo. First, a little housekeeping. Last week, we had the Orange Whip trainer guy on, Jim Hackenberg, and he was gracious enough to let us give away an Orange Whip, and that's what we did. The winner, David Kicker. I hope that's how you pronounce it. David Kicker from McIntosh, Minnesota. So congratulations to Davis. I think that's, um, to David, it's a testament to how far the uh, signal reaches. So golfers are all over, especially in small towns. Later in the show, we're going to talk about the Schwetty Tournament. The guys that put on the fundraiser for testicular cancer do a great job, and they're back again. we also be joined by Russ Nelson from Village Green. Village Green's in great shape this year. But first and foremost, so happy to have in studio. I've had him on the show on at least a couple of occasions, never in studio, but on the phone. And here he is, Jake Scarperud. How you doing, Jake? I'm good. How are you? Great. You had a very cool weekend in the last week. Mr. Golf, maybe we just start right there. What was it like to receive that award and when you heard your name? It was it was pretty cool. I mean, uh, this year's the first year that they officially awarded the Mr. Golf Award, and um, I was called up with all the other nominees. Yeah. And to hear my name announced for that was very cool, and I'm very honored to uh, have received that award. So You know what I like about this award is... And I, I and this is no disrespect to the senior athletes of the year, but it never really, you know, it doesn't have that sport connotation. Like, right, you're the senior athlete of the year in basketball or football or whatever. There's something about Mr. Golf that says, man, that's the award. Minnesota started it in 2016 with a Mr. and Miss Golf, and then and or the North Dakota, thanks to the Dakota Junior Golf Association and Chris Geis, especially for yeah. pumping it up. Does it feel a little more like special just having that Mr. Golf to it? It does, and uh, obviously the Senior Athlete of the Year award is is really cool too. But that absolutely yeah. that that uh, just shows what you've done that year. Mm-hmm. And the Mr. Golf award it it exemplifies not only golf but also community service um, in the classroom and everything outside of golf, not just the high school careers. What have you done for community service? What, what are your projects? Um, so with Going to Shanley over the last few years, we've um, we've gone to do community service as a school mm-hmm. and uh, on our own time. So I've built up um, probably around sixty hours total with okay. my high school career of yep. community service, and that's things from picking up sticks at the Fargo Country Club when I was 
around ninth grade to uh, going to help at the food bank and filling packages with uh, meals for all sorts of people around the country and around the world. You know, the kids have been so good about that with the food bank and, and food donations and the Fargo Dome food drive. How cool is that? Why is it? What, what is it about you young, you young men and women who just sort of feel that you, know, you got to help out? Yeah, I mean, if I mean, the best thing is you know that you're helping so many different people, and then afterwards, after you do it, you feel amazing mm-hmm. because you've you know that you've helped so many different people, and um, I mean, it's it's the least we can do to help out others in need, and um, it's pretty special to be able to go and be able to do that here in Fargo. Awesome, Jake Scarpert is the guest, Mr. Golf, Fargo Shanley graduate. This is Jeff Kopak on the Golf Show. As presented by Michelob Ultra. Let's rewind to your year because this award takes into account summer play and then your high school play. So last summer, you were on. I mean, you had some stuff going. A couple highlights from last summer. Yeah. So uh, actually, I I did have a pretty good summer last year. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I struggled early on. Um, as you might know, I broke my arm in the last hockey game of the year last year. Right. Um, and kind of, I honestly, I struggled pretty, pretty badly all the way up until I'd say the state match play. Um, and then when I played in that, I, I just got something going there and won the tournament and just built off that. And um, then I played well in the Birchmont qualifying. And mm-hmm. I also played, I played pretty well in the match play, made it to the quarters. Um, but in the qualifying, I played pretty well. And then the first match, with those first three rounds, I was a total of 17 under par. So that was that yeah. was cool to see that I can go go really low. Um, and then later came the Pine de Palm. Um, I went 73-65 in qualifying. So that was a good qualifying score there. And didn't do the best in match play there. But again, a really good um, experience to be able to shoot a low number. I go back to winning the state match play. You're not playing against juniors here. No. You're playing against Rick Kuhn, and you're playing against all oh, yeah. these guys that have been around the block. Uh, what was that like? How do you mentally get into the game when these guys obviously have the experience factor? Yep. I mean, it's it's incredible to watch to watch and play against these older guys that are doing amazing out there because there are some juniors in that tournament. Mm-hmm. Last year there was, and uh, but as the tournament progressed and as the later rounds came on there weren't many juniors left and you could tell that all the older guys with more experience and um i won't say necessarily that they're overall a better player but they have a lot of experience and a lot of things that they know about the game and how how to deal with certain moments and um to be able to play against some of those guys um is pretty cool yeah what did you learn mentally jake playing against some of those big dogs well i learned that uh the round's never over until it's over um (laughs) i mean you can in match play anything can happen yep you don't have to be the best player to win and um you can have a bad hole and bounce right back from that with the next hole but and also giving yourself chances i mean match play you can make putts from anywhere and you can hit incredible shots just because you're you're only focused on that shot and hole, and in stroke play, if you don't have the best mental game, you're I mean you're thinking about past holes and holes ahead, which you shouldn't be. Um, so learning about to stay in the moment and to uh, 
capitalize when you need to capitalize. What about the North Dakota amateur, the amateur version of the Bobcat, I guess, sure. yep. is uh, uh, I think one of the, it's got to be one, it's going to, it's going to be up there for a while. Yeah, that was, uh, that, that has so far been probably my coolest experience golf wise. Yep. Why is that? It's, I mean, again, state, same with the uh, state match play. You're not playing against juniors. You're playing yep. against ex-professional players like Josh Persons. Mm-hmm. You are um, playing against college kids. I believe most of the U of M team was there. Um, and, you, of, and you beat all of them. Yep. Yep, you beat all of them. Yeah, and uh, all of the NDSU team was there. Um, and so to be able to play against not only juniors, college players, um, adult amateurs, and ex-professional players, and to be able to beat them, it I mean, it, it shows a little bit that maybe I if I keep working at this and if I keep improving – I could go somewhere with golf, and um, and so it was just cool to be able to play in that type of setting. Yeah, coming up on 18 in the Bobcat, it's your home course. Did you know where you were with the uh, with the standings? I mean, if you par, you win. Something like that. I didn't. You I didn't. Uh, I don't. I don't really like to look at the um, standings during the round. Okay. I I can remember it so vividly too. I was on hole 16. And I starting the day I was the I was one back from the lead and the person who was in front of me, he went to U of M or he still is so at U of M. So you knew you were one back. Okay. That's not sixteen. Not on sixteen, but going into the day. Okay. Oh gotcha. Okay. But so when I was on sixteen, I looked back and um the leader before the round mm-hmm. um I saw him go into the hazard on hole fifteen, the par three. Yep. And I kinda thought to myself, Okay, well, maybe he's not playing the best. And so I knew I needed to have some sort of um, special moment here. I needed to capitalize on some opportunities, especially on the last three holes, which two of them are should be birdie holes. And so 16, I made a birdie. That's a short par four. Short par four, dogleg right over the trees. Um, 17 is a par five, made birdie there. I had a really nice up and down for birdie. And I remember... Um, I remember walking back to 18T and Russ Newman, he drove around to mm-hmm. where the players were and he yelled out and said, Jake, make one more birdie. And that <laughs> stuck with me. And I. He uh, knew. You, yeah, that was his way. Yep. And so I hit a really good tee shot on 18 and didn't hit the best approach shot and was just right of the green and was a very hard up and down there um, just because of how fast the greens are during the Bobcat and yep. how thick the rough is. And I got it up and down, and my I remember my grandpa coming up to me and saying, Jake, congrats. And I was like, well, what happened? I was <laughs> like, I have no clue what's going on. He's like, you won. And so that was, that was a really cool moment to uh, share with all my family and friends. That's a good story. He's a good player. That's Jake Scarper. This is Jeff Kopak on 740 The Fan, the golf show. We're going to take a break. Don't go away. More with Jake. He's going to NDSU. He's staying here. How cool is that? We'll be back right after this. And you know what we're talking about. This is golf. This is Jeff Kopak, 740 The Fan, 107.3 FM. The show coming to you from Gunderson Jewelers. The guest is Jake Scarperud, North Dakota's Mr. Golf, heading to North Dakota State University. How did that decision come about? Well, I uh, 
I talked to uh, Coach Kennedy for a while. Um, before my junior year, I talked to him a little bit, and um, obviously it's it's so hard to communicate with the coaches during the off season, mm-hmm. especially from up here because, I mean, you aren't golfing. And the nice thing about NDSU and Coach Kennedy is he understands that, and he knows that, like, I had hockey and um, still into that. And, and uh, the nice thing about Coach Kennedy is when I broke my arm, he stuck with me. He he knew that some one day I'd finally come out of the break of uh, some not very good golf right. at the beginning of the year, and he stuck with me, and I appreciate him for that. Um, and he, I believe he truly believed in me. And so then I kept talking to him, and um, I, th- I believe or mid-June – I came to the facilities and saw everything and they have, they have beautiful facilities. They have, they're building a new um, dome type thing for the indoor indoor facility. And we'll be able to hit some nice shots in there. And they have a really nice facility up above the, uh, in the shack um, with the putting green and the simulator. So they have really nice facilities. And, um, and so when I was talking to him last fall, he offered me and I mean, that was he that school is pretty much what i envisioned i uh i mean i didn't i didn't really see myself going anywhere else mm-hmm. that was kind of like after everything settled down that's where i wanted to be and I, all the guys on the team are great and the coaches are amazing and so be to be able to say that i'm going to NDSU, i'm very honored in saying that do you think other recruiters backed off a little bit with the hockey injury did you sense that at all I I believe so um I told I thought it was only right to tell tell most of them uh-huh. I told all the ones that I was talking to what happened and uh because obviously they see that I am not playing in most of the high school tournaments um so I think they got a sense of that and I mean who knows what they're thinking um mm-hmm. but uh I believe that that's kind of what happened with some of them well, that new indoor facility, it's 70 feet high, so you'll be able to really on your short game yep. hit full short game shots. Yeah, we'll be able to hit anywhere up to 120-yard shots, so it'll be it'll be incredible. You hit the road a lot with NDSU Golf. I'm sure you've talked to a lot of the teammates, you know, Lucas Johnson, of course, and, yep. and you know them all, I think. Yep. What's you looking forward to that? Looking forward to the travel? Yeah, I'm beyond excited. I can't, I can't, and... All those guys on the team right now, and years prior, I've I've known most of them, and then I was finally able to be introduced to the rest of them who came in this year. Um, other than Ian, I knew Ian and Beck Airholtz too, mm-hmm. but uh, all the guys are great, and I see a lot of them throughout different tournaments around here, just because all the guys are from Minnesota on the team, and. So it's, I mean, I'm beyond excited to be on a team, not only on a team with them, but to be able to travel the country with them to play in different golf tournaments. Right. You won the 2020 North Dakota Class A state tournament, correct? It's 2020. Correct. Yep. Was there pressure to repeat that after winning it at such a young age? There was, but uh, I tried not to let that get to me at all. Um, And I knew that coming off of a injury, it would have been very difficult too. And um, I was pretty close. I, yeah. t- I believe I, I took f- tied for fifth that year, my junior year. So, I mean, it was not a bad showing at all. But mm-hmm. I just, obviously, I was a little bit disappointed because I knew that I was able to. But I uh, just nothing was really clicking at that moment with golf. But 
It was good. Well, Earth to Jake, you can't win every tournament. Right? No, there's yeah. too many good players out there. Yeah, there are a it's lot of hard. good players. Have you sensed uh, with the Division One recruitment that other players go, man, I can do that too? You know, some younger deacons, seventh, eighth graders. Yeah, I ho- I hope so. I mean, all it took for me was a dream and a passion for the game. What I I can still remember myself. I was in my buddy's. I was in my at my buddy's house, and I told him and myself, I was like, I I want to play Division One golf. That's my goal. Mm-hmm. And I uh, ever since then, I just I stuck with it, and I practice every day that I could. And dreams come true if you want them to come true. And for that to happen, you have to work for it. Um, so if anyone out there is thinking like that that they want to play, or that they have any sort of goals, it doesn't have to be golf or it doesn't have to be any sport. But they have if they have any goals, then Put your mind to it, and you can do it. Oh, there's a long list right now of of guys who have done it. Yeah, let's look at Tom Hoagie right oh, yeah. there. You know, he's he's uh, on the verge of making the Ryder Cup. I think. I mean, he's yeah. he's he's doing that well. When you look at NDSU and the golf, will the fact that you you can concentrate on one sport now, correct? Golf, yep. you don't have to worry about hockey. Mm-hmm. So. How do you think that's going to translate to your game? Where do you think you'll improve the most? And talking to Steve Kennedy, your coach, he mentioned the strength and conditioning program yep. that uh, will make you nothing but better and probably hit the ball longer. Yeah. I uh, I firmly believe that with, I mean, I've always enjoyed hockey, um, but I've always enjoyed golf and had a passion for golf a lot more. And without having to worry so much about hockey during the during mm-hmm. the winter time, and like I'm gonna be able to go down to Arizona with and stay with my uncle and be able to golf a little bit during the winter. Um, so without having to worry about hockey, hockey, hockey in the winter, I think it'll improve my not only my physical game but also my mental game. Just because I'm just focused on that, and I can I can spend that much more time on golf than I would with hockey, and uh, and being able to be in the gym and get stronger and bigger and hit the ball longer and all in all, hopefully improve my game. Have you been able to hit the gym much at all? Have you even had time to do that? Yep. Yeah. So I've always taken a weight training class in high school. And so we'd lift every day during, during school. And, um, and for hockey, we do some workouts outside of, um, like with our team outside of practices. So I've always been able to hit the gym, um, which has been good. And it's, and I hit it pretty hard last winter, and that's like I can already tell this year that I've I've been hitting the ball probably ten yards further. How far? Where, where are you at? Uh, my drives, I'm I'm probably uh, like I've been able to hit my drives probably around two ninety three hundred consistently. Um, in the past, I've been right around two seventy to two eighty, reaching two ninety sometimes. But this year, I can tell. I've been uh, hitting it a lot longer. Well, the game's different if you go 300, 310. That's a difference of right. one or two or three clubs. Yep, exactly. It's a different ball game, isn't it, when you're looking at nine, eight iron as opposed to six or a seven? Oh, yeah, for sure. Definitely is. Your NDSU teammates, are you, you going to be able to hang out this summer? What's the schedule? Yeah, so we, um, I'm not totally sure if we have anything team-related that are te- like scheduled team mm-hmm. things during the summer um, just because everyone's so busy with their own things and yeah what is your schedule though what what do you plan to do plan to play in a bunch of summer tournaments um okay. all over the region um and then i 
I'll be lifting and I will be uh, hopefully being able to, I know I'll see a lot of those guys at NDSU at these tournaments just because they're great tournaments to play in around here like the Birchmont and the Pine. You know, Scarper name is so common around this these parts, Grand Forks and Fargo. How many Division One athletes in the family? Well, my older brother right now plays for UND men's yep. golf. Um, my my dad's dad, Craig Scarper, he played basketball at UND. Okay. Um, Tim Scarper, which is my dad's brother, he played um, hockey for UND. Um, yeah, hockey UND is probably the. That's pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty yeah, good. Yeah. So, off the top of my head, was there any pushback to signing with NDSU with so much UND blood in your family? Well, I mean, at the end of the day, yep. I mean, it's up to. Obviously, it's up to me. Obviously, it would have been great. It would be super cool to play with my brother on a team, mm-hmm. just because when we grew up, he moved to Davies. So he, we, we've been on different teams um, growing up, and I think that's obviously, too, what's pushed us um, competing against each other because our family's so competitive. And so, I mean, obviously my family's going to be like, my extended family um, is will make jokes here and there, but uh, at the end of the day, I know what uh, was best for me, and I believe that this was it. So Right, and and they understand that, obviously. Right. No, yeah, I mean, they all sure. understand that, and it's all... I'm sure a little jo- a little jabbing and, yeah. and good fun. Yeah. Before I let you go, can you sum up your year, last year or two, and uh, do you feel like you're moving on to the next stage in life here? Yeah. I mean, it's been it's been kind of crazy. I I'm kind of I'm pretty old for my age, so I I just turned 19 last week, and even now after high school, I I just it feels so weird to move on to not be going back to knowing that I'm not going back to Shanley mm-hmm. next fall um, and moving to a completely different school, even though that it's across town. it's it, I mean, it feels like I'm moving schools and got to create new friends, um, but it's all good stuff. The last two years have been, they've been good. Obviously, with anyone's life, they've been filled with up and downs. And um, when you're down, obviously, you want to get back up, and I've been able to do that, so... I've been very grateful with all the support from my uh, family and friends and everyone around me. I'm sure your old coach, Don Johnson, is smiling down at you. That's yeah. pretty good stuff. Yeah. Congratulations. Great year. Great Thank career. You. That's Jake Scarper, North Dakota's Mr. Golf, Fargo-Shanley graduate. This is Jeff Kopak. We're going to take a break. Don't miss anything around the corner. Russ Nelson, Village Green. I heard the course is in fabulous shape. Back after this. Did you hit it twice? Did you hit it twice? And we are back. This is Jeff Kopak. This is the Golf Show on 740 The Fan. Thanks again for Jake Scarpard. What a player. And uh, good luck to his career in at NDSU, which also, by the way, signed Moritz Ian Simonich last year. So Steve Kennedy keeping the good players around. And speaking of Moorhead, so please be joined by an old friend of mine, Russ Nelson, the head professional at Village Green Golf Course in Moorhead. Kind of take a few minutes to speak to us right now. How's it going, Russ? Good. Good morning. Thanks for having me, Jeff. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I haven't had a chance to play your course yet, but rumor has it, and very good sources, that the greens are absolutely strong, fabulous, and fast. What's the word? 
Uh, well, I, I do play every Sunday morning, so yep. um, I, I think uh, the golf course is in excellent shape, but I would say, personally, they haven't been village green fast. They're fast, but not village <laughs> green fast. So some people disagree with that, but that's my opinion. How's the course doing? Let's uh, give a general overview. Not everybody's played it. There's a lot of listeners out and about. What's the what's the attraction of Village Green? I think that the number one thing is what we just said: our consistency of our greens. They're they're. He's, Rick Downer, our superintendent, has been here I think 33 years. He just he consistently has them nice uh, from April till November. He obviously we cover them and that helps, but. Uh, he, he, he really does a great job. So I, I think our greens are number one. I, I think, obviously, all of, all of us are competitive in our prices and, and uh, availability. So I, I think it's, uh, you know, we're, we're affordable, we're accessible, and we're in, we're in nice shape. I know people that come from other areas of the country are like, that's all you charge? So that's, <laughs> right. that's, that's a nice compliment. For this, for the city of Moorhead to have two really good golf courses in Meadows and in Village Green, to me, I think that's just really rare. And, and I'm going to put the challenge to West Fargo because I think it's time for West Fargo to build its own course, but that's another story for another day. But what's it say for the city of Moorhead to put together two really quality 18-hole golf courses like that? Well, this, you know, this has been 1994 is when we opened both of them right after Memorial Day, so it's been been a pretty long run. I know when they did it, you know, I was like, oh boy, do we need that much golf in a town this size? We already have a private club, and you know, we were, I guess we were the last open of all the redos or anything, so, mm-hmm. you know, it maybe, it maybe seemed like a lot. Well, with COVID-2020, it's definitely not a lot anymore. I mean, it, it's all changed with COVID, and good for, good for golf. I mean, we were one of the benefits of a, of a terrible situation. How did COVID, how did you guys come through the COVID situation? I'm guessing you did very well, surprisingly very well, compared to uh, what maybe was... Well, yeah, the first the first year was, the whole year was very stressful. I mean, how are you going to sanitize? We didn't, we didn't accept money, one person in the club at once, you know, that at a time. So it was it was a stressful year last year. We, I didn't know what to expect, and it's like we, we had a record year. Obviously, part of that was, the weather we got open so early and and it was still pretty nice in november so it was, it was one of the longest years and this year obviously was the opposite i mean you can't compare this year to last year obviously because mm-hmm. we weren't open in march we really weren't open in april and but i will tell you this you know crappy may was the weather. Yep. we did we did better than last year you know, considering the weather that that is hard to imagine i'll, I'll give you one day an example it was a Saturday. If you were if you were around on that, I don't know if it was Mother's Day Saturday, but the wind was blowing 50. We ran out of carts that day. <laughs> I was like, "Are you kidding me?" I, I, I was just like, I couldn't believe it. It was. I mean, it was warm enough, but it, I, I'm not talking gusts of 50. It was 50 mile hour winds, and I looked out and I go, "Okay, we're out of carts." <laughs> that, that was that was pretty cool. And then I just checked June's numbers. I know we're halfway through, but I mean, obviously, today and tomorrow with the temperatures maybe in the hundreds that might change but mm-hmm. our numbers through the first half of the month are quite a bit ahead of last year why do you think that is why is golf having resurgence after there were some question marks i mean no, nobody's even building courses anywhere and i'm talking oh. on a nationwide scale all oh, right we're losing courses there yeah you no know, we're losing some in phoenix i, I 
I heard one of the courses at, at, at the Gold Canyon that the, the Sidewinder is going to be houses and there was a couple others that closed last year. I'm sure there was others that I don't even know about, but I don't know. I, I mean, we're seeing so many people that, that they're not regulars and they, those people obviously got the bug. I mean, Sweet Shots is going to help us, I think, and you know, they're and, they, and the, one, the one thing is they spend money. They they come in here and buy green peas. They buy golf balls. They get range balls. They want to ride a car. Going over the food and beverage, I'm sure that's good. So, mm-hmm. well, it isn't always how many players, but who. And we're getting people that are willing to spend money, and it's showing in the revenue. Are you seeing younger players play? Pardon? Are you seeing the younger generation come out and play? Because that's yeah, what sorry, that's the key sorry. to. You know, when I got here, yeah, they, they had a great program, and then. The early years of mine, I mean, the youth, youth golf was in crazy, crazy good. And then, then it, it went kind of lame for I don't know how many years. And yeah, it's definitely come back. I mean, we have, you know, kind of the golf rats. You're, you're seeing more of that. Or I used to do this junior road trip. I did it for over 20, 25 years. And probably the last 10, I haven't found enough kids that would be willing to go on it. I mean, that, that tells you something right there. I might be able to start that back up. Yeah, no doubt. So, yeah, it's definitely the kids are back. Russ Nelson is a guest, the head professional at Village Green Golf Course in Moorhead. This is Jeff Kopak as the golf show presented by Michelob Ultra, coming to you from the Gunnarsson Jewelers Studio. With the young kids playing, are, are you part of you're part of the PGA Junior League? I think that's the key, isn't it? What about what? what? That's been that's been wonderful. I yep. Uh, we we started that. Uh, this is our eighth year. Not everybody got on board that first year, but. Boy, I, I fell in love with it. I, I questioned it when it started, like scramble and uniforms. And, mm-hmm. Like, I couldn't have been more wrong. It's just been a hit. And, and this year, I think we have 14 teams in Fargo-Moorhead. Holly uh, has a team, Maple River. I, I don't know if Maple River has a team, but we're the only club in town that has three teams. Wow. So it's really taken off here. Uh, so I've, I have, you have to have at least eight on a team. My, my teams all have nine, so I have 27 kids. And we play our matches Monday night. We practice Wednesday night, so that's been that's been really fun. It's it's uh, I love it. So team golf does work, uh, unlike yeah. the live tour, which I don't think that's got <laughs> off to such a great start. But uh, team golf does work. Uh, what what do you see in those kids after they finish playing a match? What do you see in their eyes? Well, you know what you're trying to do with CJ Junior League is get get kids, you know, kind of introduce them and then you know you're going to lose some you're going to gain some but you want them you want them to have some competition and this is the lowest form of competition as far as i'm concerned it's a scramble but for some people it isn't ever going to be about competitive it's going to be about social very social you have your partner you know we have a we kind of have a nice party at the end of the end of the year with we bring we bring all the parents out we play golf and we give out prizes and uh, we have pizza and you know it's just it's really fun and so I think the social part is maybe not what a lot of people who are so into golf care about, but that's that's one of the keys. And, and I think my brother-in-law said it once: if you could get girls to be more social and throw golf into it, we would we'd have more players. <laughs> you know, they're more social; they care about the competition part. They because they have fun, and they probably don't even care if they won or lost. In fact, I don't think our kids, most of them, even ask if we won or lost. Yeah. Like we, we, they play and we happen to be good, but I don't. I don't even throw that at them. They got to ask. I don't. Yeah, nice job, good job. And oh, did we win? Yeah, I think we did. <laughs> like, 
That's awesome. I don't, I don't, I don't push that, but but I've always had good kids, and we have been very competitive in it all eight years. You've been you've been in this game a long time as a head professional. What keeps you going? What keeps gas in the tank? Well, I, I just I just I think what I liked about it is uh, I mean I obviously love to teach, and once upon a time I liked to play. That's not so much of like like to play competitively anymore, but I like all the different things that I have to do each day. I'm not just a teacher. Uh, at Christmas, and yep. everybody that asked me was always like, "Well, when are you going to retire?" And I said, "Well, when when Barb lets me." And now it's uh, now it's up to me. Yeah, so, I don't know, Jeff. I'm going I'm to be Walter Olson and do it one year at a time, and when I finish this year out, I feel like I got got the energy. I'm going to keep going. If not, I'll I would like to do it part time though. I would I would say that, but mm-hmm. I'm not going to put any date on it. But you know, so far it's been. I, I still have the energy. I still have the I still love to get up, got to get up and do it every day. Well, we hope you keep uh, doing it on a year to year basis. It's been great for the community. It's great for the course. It's a fabulous course. It's been, uh, it's just fun to see the same. It's fun to see the stability. I think in in local golf, that we've, word is what comes to me. We've, stability. We've always we've we've always had that in Parker Moorhead. Yeah. You know, so. you think back to the Macklin to Widener to Kingswood to Murphy to Dahl. I mean, it's you know. It's, great stability there's not a lot of not a lot of moving around so obviously we we get locked in and now there's been some moving around within but seem to stay around russ thank you continued success at village green we're going to take a break you're not going to want to miss this when we come back the sweaty tournament returns don't look at that brook with your sweet book you ain't gone in there I put money on it, but honey, hold it, there's something in the air. And we are back, final segment of the golf show. This is Jeff Kopak. Thanks again for Russ Nelson for joining the show. If you want to look back at the first half hour, Jake Scarperud, a fantastic young man. It was a fun interview. You can always podcast or re- look at the podcast on 740thefan.com. This is the golf show. It's presented by Michelob Ultra. Again, this is your host, Jeff Kopak. Please be joined, and these guys have done a fan. You, you talk about fundraisers and, and having fun with uh, with something, and and just taking it to the next level. The Sweaty Balls Golf Tournament started a few years ago under my old friend John McLaughlin. Put together a uh, just just started it, and, and he started it from scratch, and now built up the, to uh, a sold out event. It is June twenty fourth, not far away. And to give us an overview of the cause and all that goes into it, please be joined by John. How's it going, buddy? Uh, it's going well. Thank you for having me on, Jeff. Absolutely. Uh, first, let's start about the why you do this, because it really touches a lot of people. Well, we we started out uh, with testicular cancer awareness. And, and uh, well, kind of make a long story short here is, is uh, we were looking for a cause, and kind of kind of fits our name yep and and there's really there was really nobody doing anything for testicular cancer awareness and and you know it's a, it's there's one person every hour that is diagnosed with testicular cancer and over one person a day passes from it so it's a very serious thing and and uh anyway so testicular cancer awareness is how we started as we have grown we have started another we call it sweaty cares mm-hmm and with Sweaty Cares, with all of our fundraising efforts, we take our proceeds from it, and we grant monies to uh, to uh, local families 
that are that are afflicted with cancer. And uh, last year we gave over twelve thousand, and a couple weeks ago we just had a young lady that is that is suffering from breast cancer that we were able to give a thousand dollars to. Okay. So it, it's it's for cancer patients that are locally. It's not just testicular cancer. So. And you've had some great stories over the last few years of of survivors and and because early detection obviously is the key to this. It is. Uh, you, you probably remember our, our bras on Broadway, and you know, breast cancer has done just tremendous things with uh, with awareness. You know, through sports, you know, football, baseball, and and anyway, with with testicular cancer. And man, we, it's just not talked about a lot. Guys don't talk about it. And so it's, so it's kind of important that we're out there. I have a friend of mine, maybe I can put it this way. There's, there's things that you can see and touch. And when we, when we help somebody that is uh, battling cancer, I mean, that's something that we can see. Uh, a young man asked me, he goes, uh, well, how are you doing with the, with the sweaty? And I, and I just, well, we're, we're proceeding. We're moving on. We're growing. And he goes, well, have you, uh, do you know if you saved anybody's life? And I said, I, I don't know. I said, we, I, I talk to a lot of people, and people tell me about their friends or family that, that have it. And then he goes, John, he goes, you are helping. He goes, you will never, ever probably hear of, of saving anybody's life from this. He goes, that, but being out there is important. So that, I think that kind of sums us up. That's got to make you feel good, doesn't it? It does. Absolutely. But, and you probably don't know. Awareness, you probably don't know how many lives you saved, but I'm guessing it is an awful lot. And just getting the word out, you know, like shows like this, so we reach, we're the fifth largest AM signal in the country. So exactly, uh, it, goes, it goes a lot of places. Starting a golf tournament, John, did it seem like the most daunting task ever? Can you reflect back at those early days? Well, you know, it is a lot. It's, uh, thank goodness we have... Uh, we have a lot of great volunteers, and I should stress that we are 100% volunteer. Mm-hmm. So it's, uh, you know, every night, we calculated at 97 cents out of every dollar that we raise goes back into the community. So it's, uh, it is a daunting task. It's a lot of work. And uh, thank goodness we have a lot of great people that, that help. And people, I think, year to year, correct? So, I mean, you got right. people exactly. that hang around. Give us the details of this year's tournament. Well, we we sold out uh, in May, and and uh, we sell out every year. So I can't stress it enough for people to get signed up early. But uh, for next year, yeah. <laughs> anyway, but you know, this year we, I think what the reason that a lot of tournaments are like ours, they kind of fizzle out through the years. But we've been able to keep it fresh mm-hmm. through the years by adding, you know, keeping our the things that make us special. But each year we kind of make it, make it fresh, add a few things. Uh, we add new people. Uh, every year we get we get more and more volunteers and, and more and more new people that participate. So that helps. But this year we're adding a little, we're trying to add a little more corporate. Uh, rookies is adding a party tent, a party tent, excuse me. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bar nine is doing a party tent. We have a uh, sun control that is doing a, we, our marshmallow drive party tent. <laughs> and and uh, with those, you know, we'll have some games and some some fun things that uh, that go along with the charity golf tournament. So what you're saying is, there's nothing off the table in putting something like this together. Pretty much, yeah. 
What's pretty a, much. What, what's a day like for you? And what about the week is like for you? I think, and I've seen you, you look pretty exhausted by the end of the, by the end of the show. Well, the last two weeks are, are, uh, well, the last two weeks are pretty exhausting. They're, they're pretty much, uh, all day is, uh, golf tournament deep stuff, but uh, not for just me, for many yeah. in, our, uh, in our organization. So, uh, so yeah, the last couple of weeks or something, <laughs> but they're worth it. Yeah. And, and when you put the sellout sign up, that's got to be like the best thing ever because that's the point of it, right? Exactly. What do you think the benefit is for some of these players when they're done with this? Do you think they have this, uh, you know, Hey, maybe I didn't win, but I, Hey, I had fun. What's the goal here when you have a bunch of players? Well, I think, well, I don't think I know. Uh, first of all, we're fun. We're very social and fun, but, our, our message has uh, been out there for years, so everybody knows, you know, what we're about. But uh, the, being part of an organization that that is giving, I, I you know, the gift of giving is is uh, something special. And I think if you participate with us, you 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 get that fulfillment. What's the future hold? Can you grow this tournament? Is it at its peak? I suppose you need to add other people to your committee to throw well, it at another course. I don't know how you do that. Well, what we're looking at is uh, right now, as far as golfers, we, we have maxed. We, we, we can't add any more golfers unless we uh, do two events in one day or add another course. Mm-hmm. I, uh, that I'm not saying never say never, but where we are trying to grow the sweaty is we need, we're trying to grow through corporate sponsorships through, through, uh, you know, marketing departments with, uh, you know, we have a a great group of Fargo Moorhead, West Fargo businesses that that are just so generous. So that is how we how we're going to have to grow this. Have you taken any criticism about the name? <laughs> you know, is there well at, at first, yeah. Uh, you know, people kind of you know what what yeah. But then after a while, I I think people finally got it that that in order to uh, reach. The group that we're trying to reach, which is young men, uh, you, you kind of have to grab their attention. And, and we're, we're hearing things like, wow, what what brilliant marketing. So it's quite the opposite. We're, we're hearing just the, it's, they think we're ingenious. And, it, and it, quite frankly, it wasn't a big master plan. So <laughs> I don't think we can take take credit for it. It just kind of just kind of happened. Yep. I like to pump this and say, hey, sign up, but uh, you, <laughs> that's a little too late. Sign up for next year if you want to play. There you go. That would be the uh, probably the message to all the listeners out there. John, congratulations. Another great job. The community thanks you for what all you've done, and uh, keep it going. Well, thank you, Jeff. Thanks. That's and, John. Uh, go ahead. I'll, I'll, I'll see you out there. Yes, that's, that's John McLaughlin. This is Jeff Kopak. This is The Golf Show. That'll do it for this edition. Again, thanks to Jake Scarperud. Thanks to Russ Nelson and, of course, John. This is Jeff Kopak. Until next week, hit him straight.